that page number 88 and let's sing the last verse together this morning there's not a plant or flower below but makes thy glory known sing it out together on the last there's not a plant or flower below but makes thy glory to be in God's house this morning. Amen. And sure thankful that you are uh, here this morning. It was good to see some of that sunshine kind of peeking through. That, that'll that help the soul right there. Amen. And uh, all of this dreariness, and it tends to make people dreary too. Let's don't be dreary this morning. Amen. Uh, looking forward to what God uh, has for us. It's certainly good to have uh, the Grits family here with us, our missionaries to England. And uh, what a blessing Sunday school was to see uh, the report, and uh, looking forward to tonight, uh, Brother Gritz will be preaching, uh, but you're stuck with me this morning, all right, and so that's not such a bad thing, hopefully not anyways. Uh, we do have some other things, we'll get uh, right to it uh, this morning and announcements and things, but let's ask the Lord to bless our services this morning, we certainly want Him to be honored and glorified, He's the audience, amen, uh, we're, we're not, and so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, this morning. Just want to ask uh, Brother Alan Quinlan, one of our deacons, if you would pray for us this morning. Amen. Why don't you be seated here just quickly uh, this morning. did have just a few things I wanted <clears throat> to announce. Uh, we did have quite a bit of this in Sunday school, but just wanted to mention them once again. Of course, this coming uh, Tuesday night is the ladies' meeting at 7 o'clock uh, over in the fellowship hall. And so, ladies, don't forget it is, it is a potluck. And then also it is because it's kind of the Christmas meeting uh, and so you're asked to bring a gift for a lady. And then also, if you uh, participate in the secret sister, uh, secret prayer sister thing throughout the year, uh, that is also uh, going to be the time where uh, you reveal uh, who the secret, whatever it is y'all do, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, you're asked to bring a gift for that, all right? And so make sure that you're aware uh, of that. And then also I mentioned in Sunday school too, uh, something that we do every year is that we do have, uh, we typically would put the mailbox out there in the outer 
uh, in the outer uh, foyer uh, for Christmas cards and things like that for those that give Christmas cards uh, to the church. And wanted to mention that, number one, it, it is out, but it's in the office area. And then also, as you put your Christmas card in there, we'll make sure to get it hung up uh, in the, uh, on the bulletin board in the inner foyer. And then also wanted to mention this. Of course, this is the time of the year where the weather gets uh, a little interesting and things like that. And so something that we've done in the past is when we have issues with snow and ice and we have to make a change or a cancellation or anything like that to any of our services, we do send out a text to let uh, people know uh, the changes and things like that. Uh, and so if you, would, if you are not getting those and you would like to get those, I uh, did want to mention this, that you can first go to faithbaptistolatha.org, which is our website, and follow the instructions on there, and that will help you uh, to get signed up uh, for that. Uh, if you're still having technical issues and things like that, make sure to see Brother Seth or Christy Wisdom uh, on that. They can help you uh, with that. I, I, I mentioned this in Sunday school, and I'll say it in the morning service. If you come to me with your technical problems, we're only going to create more problems. Amen. And so I wanted to uh, mention uh, that. Also, don't forget about next Sunday, Brother Kent Hogan uh, will be here, and he'll be preaching in the morning in the evening services. Looking forward to that. And then Tuesday, December the 12th, is the Faith Baptist School Christian program. That'll be at 7 o'clock uh, in the evening. And the reason that I mention that is because if you do have kids uh, that are in the play, there's a mandatory practice uh, uh, December the 4th, which is Monday, then the 7th, uh, and then also the 11th. Each of these are at 6 p.m., so make sure to have your kids uh, at those. Okay, Brother Eric, come on in. Let's turn to page 133. Page 133. I'm going to invite you to stand with me again, if you would. Oh, come all ye faithful. Page 133. We'll sing all three verses this morning. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to
234 now. Page number 234 this morning. I'm thankful for the grace of our God this morning, aren't you? Page number 234. His grace is sufficient. Many times I've tried and tested as I travel day by If you need that last verse, when the tempter brings confusion and I don't know what to do, we just need to take it to the Lord. Amen. Let's sing it. When the tempter brings confusion and I don't know what to do, on my knees I turn to Jesus, for I know he'll see me through. Then despair is changed. 
victory. Every doubt just melts away, and in Him there is hope for every day. For His grace is sufficient for me, and His love is abundant and Just to know, just to know that His grace is sufficient for me. Somebody say amen this morning. Praise the Lord. Brother Tim, come right ahead. I did want to make sure everyone is aware that the uh, 2024 uh, Bible reading calendars are out on the back table, so please avail yourself of that uh, coming into this new year. As men come for the offering, I'd like to read to you from 1 John chapter 4. It says in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Brother Parker, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated.
page number 325 and stand one more time for our last song. Page 325. If you know the Lord is your Savior this morning, say amen. I think we can do better than that. I hope there's more saved out there than that this morning. If you know the Lord is your Savior, say amen this morning. Let's sing about it. I found a friend who's all to me. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever I love to tell how he lifted me and what his grace can do for you. Saved by his power divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I'm saved, saved, saved. He saved me from every sin and harm, secures my soul each day. I'm leaning strong on his mighty Life now is sweet and my joy is complete For I'm saved, saved, saved When poor and needy and all alone In love he said to me Come unto me and I'll leave sublime life now is sweet and my joy is complete for i'm saved 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 amen praise the lord you may be seated wonderful singing this morning just before the message this morning of a special from mrs quinlan was born the man of sorrow 
light of the world came at night. The high priest was born to be sacrificed, but oh, what his coming did for me that night. Gift of grace that heaven's glory would take the place of a sinner like me when i deserve to die he came to give me life gift that he gave my soul to save wonderful gift of grace He came that I, a sinner, could be redeemed, that though condemned, I could be justified. I owed a sin debt that he came to pay. My blinded eyes, he came to give new sight. He came that my captive soul could be set free. That though dead in sin, I might live. He became sin for me that he knew no sin so that his righteousness to me he could give gift of grace that heaven's glory would take the place of a sinner like me when i deserve to die he came to give me life gift that he gave my soul to save wonderful Gloria, what a blessing. Well, that's what Christmas time is all about, amen. It's not a fat man in a red suit, amen. It's, it's the birth of the Savior. Somebody say amen this morning. If that made you mad, just wait. We ain't even got started preaching yet, amen. Uh, what a blessing. Well, take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke and, and chapter number 1. Don't stand just uh, yet because uh, we, we've got some things to kind of catch up on. It's been... I guess a couple of weeks since we've been able to get back uh, into our studies. I'm very excited uh, about this because we're kind of, it just seems like we're going to time it uh, just right uh, to get into the birth, the actual 
birth of the Savior and everything uh, right around uh, Christmas time and on Christmas Eve and things like that. So that'll be a blessing. Just pray the Lord holds off the snow. Amen. And uh, we, we can be able uh, to do that. But we have started the Gospel of Luke in our uh, Sunday morning series, and we've already, we've already kind of, we've already seen the, the introduction to the theme of the book. If you don't know what the Gospel of Luke is about, it's, it's actually about what Jesus told Nicodemus, for the Son of Man is to come, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And uh, that's, that's why Christ came. The Gospel of Luke uh, highlights the humanity of Jesus Christ, and here's why. So that every person can understand that, that He is the Savior, not, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. But, but it's also this, doesn't matter if you're religious or if you're living in sin, listen, God can save you. If you've come here this morning thinking, I can't be saved, I can't be forgiven of my sin, friend, you're exactly why He came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so you can be saved. But then after that, after that, those introductory verses, the Gospel of Luke moves right into the, the, the events that are surrounding the birth and the coming of the Savior. We saw, we saw in the last uh, message the, the, what I would say is the unbelief of Zacharias. Because it's when the angel Gabriel appears unto him and announces to him and his wife Elizabeth that they are going to give birth to John the Baptist in their, in their old age, all right? And, and so what happens is this, is that Zechariah says, well, I, I want a sign that these things are going to come to pass, to, to which the angel Gabriel says, I am Gabriel, an angel sent from God, as if to say this, this is the sign, all right? After 400 years of silence, God is now speaking unto man. That should be sign enough, all right? And so what happens, though, is because he didn't believe that, all right, he is going to get a sign. Zacharias will not be allowed to speak until, he, until the birth of John the Baptist, all right? So I said all that to say this. Now, now we're going to see what I would call is a contrast of faith. And what I mean by that is this, is that where Zacharias had unbelief, Gabriel is now going to appear once again, but this time it's to a young virgin named Mary. And the announcement now is not about this Elijah-like forerunner of Jesus Christ that's going to come. Now the announcement is, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. And so that's, that's what I, where I want us to pick up uh, this morning. And what I would say to you is this, is that where Zacharias has unbelief and sought for more signs from God, guess what Mary has? Mary has faith. Mary says, listen, what, I don't fully understand anything, but God, whatever you want from me, I'm, I'm willing to be that vessel. And I'm telling you, that's the kind of faith we need today as God's people. Let's all stand this morning in honor of God's Word if you're able to stand I want to invite you to Luke chapter 1 if you're not already there. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 26, all right? And we're going to read kind of a lengthy passage down through here, but just, just bear with me for a moment. And the Bible says this in verse 26, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin 
a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Now, now listen, that, that word right there, that name, is all capital letters in your King James Bible, amen? And this is what I love about it. Here, here's, here's what it means. In the Greek, it's Jehoshua. And here's what Jehoshua means. Jehovah saves. You know who Jesus Christ is going to be? Jesus Christ is going to be Jehovah God in the flesh. That's who He's going to be. God is with us. God manifested among us. Now, here's why. Look at verse 32. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto Him the throne of His father David. And He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of His kingdom... There shall be no end. Somebody say amen this morning. That's good stuff right there. And the angel answered and said, I'm sorry, look at verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Listen, I'm a virgin. How how is this going to happen? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Mary, did you know? Yep, Mary knew. Amen. I know I just ruined everybody's favorite Christmas song, but I'm telling you Mark Lowry ought to stick with comedy and not doctrinal songs, amen, because Mary didn't know. And look at verse number 36. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she she hath also conceived a son, In her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, this this is her response. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And she she still gets to talk. Now now let's keep reading, because watch watch this. Just, Just stay with me. So Mary arose in verse 39 in those days. And went into the hill country with haste, into the city of Judah, into a city of Judah, and entered in the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. John the Baptist already preaching. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake with a loud voice, saying, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as, thy, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she that... What's that word right there? She believed. Faith. Is everybody catching that? She just believed. Zacharias had unbelief. Mary believed. L- listen to this. Real faith doesn't, doesn't let the need for confirmation 
become an excuse not to obey God. Real faith obeys God at His Word, then sees God fulfill His Word, which in turn provides the confirmation that we're already looking for. You want to see God move in your life? Then start with this, obey God. And let God work in and through your life. Folks, we need to be like Mary and not like Zacharias. We need to stop sitting on our hands, so to speak, and putting off the spiritual decisions we're supposed to already be making according to the Word of God. We're sitting back and going, the ball's in our court. No, the ball is in your court. For us to humble ourselves and do what God has already said to do. So that's what we're going to look at this morning, Mary's faith. Father, would you bless the preaching now? And God, use me as your vessel this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated this morning? Appreciate you standing in honor of God's Word. In July of 2002... I surrendered to God's calling to preach on my life. And I, I've heard guys say things when they've given their testimonies on, on stuff like this. I've heard them say things like, I, you know, I ran, I ran from God's calling on my life for, for a period of time or, or whatever the case was. But I've always said this, I don't, I don't feel like I ran from God's calling uh, on my life. I, I, I wanted to be, I just wanted to be sure that this is what God wanted me to do uh, in, my, in my life. And so I can remember that when God, when God began to deal with me, when God began to work in my life regards this, my prayer was this. And this, th- this is what I kept asking God. Lord, I'm, I, if, this is, if this is what you want me to do, then, then make it real in my life. That's, and, and I'm thankful that God in my ignorance knew exactly what I needed. All right, and knew what I was praying. And like, like Zacharias in the previous message, I was asking God to confirm some things in my life. And like Zacharias, I got some confirmation I wasn't expecting. I can, I can remember, I, I, didn't become, I didn't become mute for nine months, though my wife probably would have enjoyed that. All right, but, but I do remember this, that that God began to allow me to endure some spiritual warfare to really get my attention uh, for Him. Satan began to oppress me uh, really to the point that I, that I had to make a decision and I chose, I chose to take God at His word and answer His calling on my life. Now, now li- listen, but let me, let me tell you why I was asking for the confirmation that I was asking for. It's because I was already married at the time. I already had two kids at the time. We were we were building a house there in the Holy Land of Florida, where where we were planning to live the rest of our lives and raise our our kids in. And so you understand that God is now calling me. And and so here's the thing. This, this is not just going to affect me. This is going to affect my wife. This, this is going to affect our kids. This is going to affect our, our family. And we're, we're going to have to finish this house. And then we're going to have to uh, sell it. And then we're going to have to move to a foreign land called Missouri. All right. I'm just trying to get a chuckle out of some of you. And you're like, nothing. All right. So, but here, here's, here's, what I, here's what I'm saying. Once I surrender to preach... God, God didn't set me down and go, okay, okay, Wes, here, here's, how, here's how everything's going to work out. 
Uh, you know, you're, you're going to go, you're going to go to Springfield, Missouri. You're going to train for the ministry. You're going to pastor at Bible Baptist Church in Cassville, Missouri for 10 years. And then you're going to end up in another foreign land called Kansas. He didn't, he didn't say any of those things. I wish he would have, I wish he'd have kind of let me know a few things like, he didn't say. He didn't let me know how how it was all going to work out. That we're going to sell our house and God's going to turn around and provide another one for. We we didn't know any of those things. I had no had no idea what what I was walking into. All all I know is is that I surrendered and God said move to Springfield. Had no idea the college I was going to go to was a mess. Had that would have been a nice heads up. Had had no idea that that He was going to wor- use that though to work in our lives and put us at Berean Baptist Church where I could train for the ministry and learn what the Bible says. And, and then, listen, listen, then he would use that to allow me to get the experience that I need and then to go to, then to, go to Cassville and then to go to Olathe. He didn't tell me any of those things. What I had to do was trust God by faith. What I, what I had to do was just simply obey God's calling on my life to trust Him that if He, listen, that if He called me into ministry, guess what? He's going to provide in His faithfulness every step of the way. Every step of, of the way. And some 21 years later, guess what I can do this morning? I can stand before you and testify, God is faithful. I said, God is faithful. And God provides, and God blesses, and God meets our needs. And, and, and much, listen to this, and I underline this in my notes. You need to grab a hold of this. And much of the confirmation that I was seeking before I answered God's calling on my life, it, it, it didn't happen because God bowed down and submitted Himself to me. It happened because I humbled myself and submitted myself to Him. You see, really, that's, that's the, the reason that I'm trying to highlight that is because really that's the crux of the matter, isn't it? It's because unbelief is the result of pride. And pride demands that God humble Himself and give us what we need, give us a sign, confirm some things to us. But faith in the Bible is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. It's faith that pleases God, for He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And when we get the order right, like Mary does in this scene, and when we humble ourselves to Him and obey Him by faith, that's when He provides exactly what we're looking for. I'm just telling you that that's exactly what Mary demonstrates in this scene here. Let me let me just let's get right into this and let me give you some things here about about Mary's faith in this announcement from Gabriel. I just let's just kind of dive right in here this morning. If you you take notes, this is what I would say to you that the announcement number one is this is that the announcement of Mary shows us it shows us the prefaces or the preface of of faith, in other words, where faith really begins for, for you and me. And if you don't know the answer to that, here's what it is. It's faith in Jesus Christ. Let, let, let's, let, let's, let's look here. Now, obviously, because here's the thing. When you get into this stuff, there is a, there, there is a whole lot of doctrine right here. And there are some things that we need, to, we, we need to kind of be very clear on here as we dive into this passage. Look with me, if you would at verse number 26, because it starts here 
So the announcement to Zacharias and Elizabeth about John the Baptist is now over. And then in verse number 26 it says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And so right here it gives us the place which is Nazareth where this announcement would take place. But, but it, also tells us, it also tells us the time frame in which this would happen. It is the sixth month. Well, the sixth month of what? Well, it's the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy in the previous passage. If you Listen, note, go down with me to verse number 36 because, because Gabriel confirms this. He says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called who was called barren. So, so notice this. Now go to, go to verse number 40 very quickly because by the time you get to verse number 40 and Mary gets to the home of Zacharias and Elizabeth, we, we could understand now that John the Baptist is now, he's six months along in the womb. So look at verse number 40. And, 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 and entered into the house. So Mary went in, uh, in verse number, verse number 39, Mary arose in those days, went to the hill, uh, went to the country, uh, the city of Judah, and entered in the house in verse 40 of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And then in verse number 41, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with, with the Holy Ghost. And then lotus down in verse number 44, because Elizabeth testifies, being filled with the Holy Ghost, that the babe leaped in my womb for joy. So she testifies that John the Baptist, a baby in the womb at six months, leaps in her womb and testify, and she testifies he was filled with joy. What, what I'm trying to get here is this, is that passages like this show us that if you believe the Bible, you're in disagreement with abortion. Uh, you, you understand? This is, this, this is not a blob of tissue in the womb. A blob of tissue doesn't express joy. Come on, friend. No, 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 no. This, this is a human child created in the image of Almighty God. Therefore, this is not a woman's right to choose. It's a child's right to live. And, and so you understand, abortion is murder. It's taking the life of another human being. And John the Baptist demonstrates that in this scene. I find it ironic that the same crowd that wants to murder children inside the womb really doesn't care about children outside or outside the womb either. That, that's why they want them to read pornography in the public libraries and, and have drag queens in front of them. No, no, no. I'm not, listen, I'm just telling you that, that's, that this is a sick and wicked and ungodly world that we live in today. But the examples of Elizabeth and Mary show us what real mothers ought to be. Somebody say amen. That they cherish children and treat them as a gift from God because that is exactly what they are. They, they are no doubt a gift from God. But, but let's also clear up something else here. Since we're on the you know, verge of making people mad. But here's the thing. Your argument isn't with me, it's with Him. Because this is Bible and this is in His Word. But notice again in verse number 27. It says this to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So verse 27 introduces us to whom the angel Gabriel appears to. It is a virgin named Mary. So, so let's be clear here. Mary was a virgin. 
Mary was a virgin. But Mary is not a perpetual virgin. Perpetual means continual. No, Mary is not a continual virgin as declared by the false religion of Catholicism. Each of the Gospels, including Luke's Gospel in chapter 8, in verse 20, confirm that Mary and Joseph had other children. Jesus had earthly brothers and sisters. The difference is where their biological father was Joseph, his father was God. And yes, Mary is a virgin here. It amazes me that when you read commentators, they want to explain away the simple and even cardinal truths of the Bible. The word virgin right here doesn't just mean a young maiden. It means a young maiden in her purity. And and it calls her virgin twice in verse number 27. She is engaged to Joseph, espoused to Joseph, meaning they have not come together as husband and wife, whether that be ceremonially or also physically. And Mary testifies of this in verse 34. She had not known a man, meaning this, she had not been with a man in physical intimacy. Mary being a virgin, listen to this, it is crucial to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a fulfillment of what Isaiah the prophet God would give to him in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. You want a sign? Here it is. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. God with us. You understand? Emmanuel, listen, the Savior would come from the woman as opposed to man's seed. This necessitated her being a virgin. Had the Savior come from man, he would have been like all men. Sinful. But praise God, he came from God. He is conceived of the Holy Ghost from a virgin named Mary, thus allowing this, God to be manifested in the flesh so that he could die on the cross for your sin and mine. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, we serve a great God. Well, you know, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you mean that the God of heaven and earth would come down and be born of a virgin and die for you so that you could spend all eternity with him? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. I'd say that's real good. I'd say that's probably the greatest gift you could ever receive. Friend, I, listen, I, you, you understand? And, here, and here's the last thing that we got to clear up here. And really this brings us back to the point of where faith begins. Look down at verse number 28. It says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among, among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his sake and cast in her mind what, what manner of salvation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of the, his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there, and, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. You see, the thing that we've got to clear up right here also is this, is that Mary is not to be worshipped either. Mary is the godly vessel that God would use to bring forth His Son, Jesus Christ, 
who is to be the object of our faith and our worship. Not Mary, Jesus. You understand? And again, unfortunately, the false religion of Catholicism has turned Mary into something she was never intended to be. Ted just got back from Italy. I've seen where all I'm telling you, I've seen I've seen where everything starts right there and all this all this false religion and nonsense. Listen to me. She is not a perpetual virgin, and nor is she the mediator between God and man. She's not a mediator. Mary doesn't hear your prayer. I said, Mary doesn't hear your prayer. Oh boy, we're ruffling feathers now, but let's keep going. Because Mary doesn't forgive you of your sin. And Mary doesn't save you. There is one mediator between God and man. And that's the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. Mary didn't die for you. Mary didn't die for me. Mary didn't rise from the dead. Mary isn't seated at the right hand of the Father. And Mary isn't coming again to rule and reign upon the earth. Mary isn't going to judge the world. And every knee will not bow. And every tongue will not confess to Mary. Every one of these things are going to be and will be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 32 in verse 33. doesn't say she. It says he, Jesus. Jesus shall be great. Jesus shall be called the Son of the Highest. Jesus Jesus shall inherit the throne of David, that covenant promise that God made with David. He'll he'll rule and reign forever and ever and ever. The reality is Mary was a sinner just like you and me. Yet she knew the promise of the coming Messiah. This is where faith began for her. And listen to me. It's where faith has to begin with you. If it doesn't, then you don't have real biblical faith. Listen, where Mary looked forward to what God was going to do for mankind's redemption in her Son, Jesus Christ, we must look back and have faith in the finished work of the cross, in His death, in His burial, in His resurrection. Listen to me. You cannot have a relationship with the God of heaven and earth outside of faith in Jesus Christ. Well, preacher, I don't agree with that. Well, it really doesn't matter what you think because that's what God declared in His Word. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's not a way or or He's the way. He's not a truth. He's the truth. He's the life. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus Christ, my friend. And unless, I'm telling you right now, no works are going to save you this morning. No baptisms are going to save you. No church confirmations or observing Lord's suppers or, or lighting candles or rosary beads or praying to saints and Mary and all of this stuff or talking to a knothead through a knothole. None of those things will save you. It is when man humbles himself and turns from his sin and puts his faith in Jesus Christ alone. That is when man is saved. That is when man is forgiven of his sin. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And aren't you glad it also says this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. 
I mean, listen, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That means it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or the things that are in your life. If you'll just humble yourself and come the way that God has declared in His Word, which is through His Son, and put your faith and trust in Him, He'll save you right where you're at. And this, this is the sad thing, is that there are people that, that are sitting on their hands, so to speak, and not making a spiritual decision on this right here. And they're sitting back and going, well, you know, I just need a sign. You know, they did the same thing with Jesus in His day. And He called it a wicked and perverse generation. You know why? Because they were wanting God to bow down to them. Instead of themselves bowing down to Him in humility and faith, according to His Word. And we're doing the same things today. I just don't even believe there is a God. Really? Open up your eyes, son, and look around. Look at creation. You think it all got here by a big bang? I think it was a big bang. God spoke it and bang, there it was. Amen. You, you understand? The creation testifies that there is a God. Well, I just, you know, we, we've got all these signs. Yeah, the ones that used to think that the earth was flat. Now you got knuckleheads on the internet arguing that it still is. But everything on the internet is true. Here, 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 let me help you with this. What about your conscience? The law of God written on your heart that testifies you're created in His image. And your conscience testifies. Hey, guess what? Guess what, atheist? There is a right and a wrong. Your conscience testifies. Of I know you don't want to acknowledge that because then you'll have to acknowledge there is a God. Because there is. But, but here's the thing. Even if you don't get any of those, here, let me help you with some more. What about His fulfilled Word? What about a virgin birth? Oh, guess what? It's going to happen in Bethlehem too. Fulfilling His Word. Oh, He's the the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Fulfilling God's Word. Is everybody catching this? No, no, no. no, no, Listen, you you and I, I, I'll tell you, the death and the... Here's something else. What are you going to do with an empty tomb? Well, you know, there is no God. Really? Oh, I think He died for you and rose again on the third day. And the tomb's empty, testifying that there is a God. Somebody say amen. amen. No, no, I'm just telling you, friend. Now listen, stop with all the signs. And stop with seeking for confirmation. And just realize what God has already done for you. And what He's declared in His Word. And then if you'll humble yourself and come to God by faith and receive Jesus Christ. Everything that you long for in your soul, God will meet. Well, I want peace. Guess what? It's there. It's just waiting on you. Well, I want joy again. Yep, guess what? It's there. Well, I need hope. Guess what? It's there. Well, you don't need preacher. I, you know, I, I, need, I need forgiveness, man. I've got all this stuff waiting on me. Guess what? He's there. He's there. Stop being like Zacharias and be like Mary and humble yourself and come to Jesus Christ and He'll save you. That's why He came. Son, I didn't have that many notes, but I'm, man, I don't think I needed that many. We're just preaching. But that's what the Bible says. Let me, let me help you with something else here, too. Because the announcement to Mary would also show this. It really shows us how faith should progress in our lives. Now, this is really where I, I think it begins to hit home with a lot of God's people. Because when you go back to the lives of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and, and we pointed this out in the last message, their character. I love their character. And really it shows us why God would, would dip down into their lives and choose them 
to bring forth John the Baptist, who, who's going to be the forerunner for the Messiah. But the reason that I bring up Zacharias and Elizabeth is because I think we could say the same about Joseph and Mary. They were people of high character. In fact, I would say to you this, and if you, you take notes, you ought to write this down. I, I think that the two, the two characteristics that stand out with, with, with Mary here in the text, and even Joseph elsewhere in the Scriptures, I think the two things that, that at least I see are these. Humility and holiness. Humility and holiness. And this is what I see. This is what you, you want to know. You want to know why commentators have such a hard time with Mary's virginity here? Well, well not only is it a demonic attack on the gospel, but, but, but it's also because we're living in a perverted and immoral culture. <laughs> and unfortunately, unfortunately, it's, permanent, it's permeated the lives of most of God's people. And, 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 and so what happens is this, is that we tend to view everything through the lens of the current times we live in. So it seems almost unfathomable that, that a couple would, would actually keep their purity before marriage, but, but you got to understand the reality is that's exactly what happened. And, and by the way, I've seen that happen in my day and time. I, I, have, I have people that I've known, I have people, friends, uh, preacher friends, and People that, that are just serving the Lord in their local churches. And, and, and I've known them that their testimony and their background is that they never drank alcohol. They never smoked a cigarette. And the first time that they kissed their wife was on the altar at their wedding. To which I would say that's the way it ought to be. Amen, preacher. That's good right there. We need to hear that. Because Hollywood shouldn't dictate our morality. The Bible ought to dictate our morality. You understand? And, and so here, but, but here's the thing. And that's, but, but, but here's the thing. That, that's, that's why they have such a difficult time with it. And please don't sit here and go, well, you know, preacher, they, they just, they were living in the Roman Empire and it was so much easier and it wasn't as perverted as our day and time. I think it was far more wicked than our day and time. I, this, it's not like we're reading, well, this happened back in the 1950s. No, no. No, it happened under the cruel, perverted, evil Roman Empire. But yet, but yet Joseph and Mary said, but we're going to live for God. And our faith isn't just going to be... We're, we're going to put God first in our life. And we're going to live holy. And we're going to do it right. Mary, if you wear a wedding dress, it's going to be white because that's what it symbolizes purity and you're going to be true to that but but also let's also think about this too look notice mary's humility in these responses that she gives to, to gabriel look look back with me at 28 and 29 and 30 again because i love this so the angel came in unto her and said hell thou that art highly favored the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and and when she saw him so notice, notice what the Bible says about her response. She was troubled at his saying. So what I would say to you is this. There's, there's obviously fear there because he's going to say in verse 30, fear not Mary, right? Same response that Zacharias gave. that got down on his face in fear. 
Same response you and I are going to get when we stand before anything like that. But, but notice also it says this in verse 29. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. You, you know what, what, what she's doing is she's thinking about what this guy just said to her, what this angel just said. He said this, Thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. You know what she's thinking about? The Lord's with me? The Lord noticed me? I'm highly favored before God? Now why do you say that? Well, look down at verse 30. Because it says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. <laughs> it wasn't like Mary said, Yeah, I know. Mary's going, whoa, me? Humility. Am I getting that? In fact, look down. <laughs> look, look down. Look down at verse number 48. As she's praising the Lord. I love this. It says in verse 46, and, and this, is at, this is while she's visiting Elizabeth, and Mary said in verse 46, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Listen to what she says. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. You know what she's saying? God, I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. Humility and holiness. Folks, what I'm trying to get, to you, get at you this morning is this is that Mary's faith shows us how real faith should progress in our lives after salvation. What should follow is humbling ourselves to the authority of God and His Word and separating from this world and living unto Him. After all, He saved you. After all, He died for you. Listen, the least we could do, our reasonable service, is to present ourselves as living sacrifices unto God. Somebody say amen. There's, listen, there's a reason why people in the book of Acts, after they got saved, they submitted themselves to believers' baptism. They came part of a local assembly called a church. They began to live holy and witness and testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ that saved their souls. It's because this is the natural progression of true faith in Jesus Christ. This is the same pattern as those down the ages have followed as well. Real faith doesn't argue the need to follow Christ in baptism. Real faith doesn't dismiss the necessity of church attendance and, and being faithful and, and serving God. Real faith doesn't produce carnality and rebellion and pride. Yet this is what the majority of American Christianity has become about. And this is what's sad, is that people today, they want the experiences with God that Zacharias and Mary had, but they're not willing to humble themselves and live holy in order to do so. Come on, friend, listen to me. Don't, 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 I'm just telling you, don't bail out on me now. I know we're going after noon. It's okay. Stop putting God in a little box of 30 minutes and listen to this. I underline this in my notes, and you need to get this. I'm telling you, you've got to grab a hold of this. 
This is what we want. We, oh, God, we, we, I want to see God move in my life. I want to see God work in my life. But yet we're not willing to humble ourselves and submit to the authority of God's Word and just the basics of Christianity. And we're not willing to separate ourselves from the wickedness of the world and live unto God. We want to dance with the devil, but yet have the one foot in church so that we can try to get the blessings of God. And it does not work that way. Mary and Joseph and Zacharias and Elizabeth, they all show us that if you want to be used of God, then your faith after salvation, it should progress in that you are being sanctified and you are separating from the world and submitting yourself to God. And then that's when God shows up again and works and moves in your life. Well, preacher, my marriage needs help. Good, here, let me help you. Get in church. Well, you know, I just I need some counseling. Good. We offer it Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Don't get, no, no, no. And I understand those times where you need to meet with the pastor and all of those things. But here's the thing. There's no sense in meeting with me if you're not willing to humble yourself and meet with God and be faithful to what He's already said to do in His Word. Somebody say amen. I'm just telling you, it doesn't work like, well, preacher, I've got, you know, my, my, my relationship with my children or there's teenagers here and say, well, my relationship with my parents, it's struggling. Well, here's what you need to do. Humble yourself, get right with God and do what God said. Preacher, you don't understand. I'm going through this battle right now and I've got this struggle in the internet. Good, humble yourself and do what God says. And this is what you'll find. Everything you're longing for, it's right there. Is you'll have forgiveness, you'll have restoration, you'll have help. Everything that you need. We got to stop sitting around going, well, you know, God, I'm just waiting on you. And God's sitting up there going, no, I'm waiting on you. I love you. Here's my word. I've sent my son to die for you so that you can be saved. I've, sent my, I've given you my word so that you can submit yourself to it. And we're sitting around like Zacharias, and no wonder we're going, and spiritually in our life, we're frustrated. When Mary goes, I'm just going to live for God. I'm going to humble myself. In fact, that's what the next thing, because listen, it, it, it begins to produce all of these things. Let's move on. Look at what happens here. Let, let me give you some more help here. I, I did write this down. Listen to this. There is no co- there's no coincidence today that so many of God's people are struggling spiritually, yet at the same time, the two greatest characteristics we lack in are humility and, and, and holiness. Let me give you the next thing here. Saving faith and basic faith as a believer puts us in a place where we can be greatly used of God. God doesn't call the carnal and rebellious. He calls the faithful, the humble, the holy. Such is the case with Mary. But it still required her to take the next step of faith. See, after receiving this announcement in the previous verses from Gabriel, she's going to give birth to a son in her virginity. Mary responds in verse number 34 by not understanding how this is going to work since she has not known a man. So Gabriel explains in verse 35 that Jesus will be conceived of the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 35. It says this. It says, it says And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and, power, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And I'm sure that Mary right there was going, oh, okay, I got it. 
Now, I, don't th- I think she was going, um, oh, okay. And then you can sing the song, Mary, Did You Know? I'm just trying to help you. You can still listen to the song. You and I look back and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mary's going, huh? And he goes, well, let me help you with this. Look at verse 36. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son, and I love this, in her old age. Remember Zacharias, he didn't say she was old. He said she was, what was it he said? Well stricken in years. But God calls it like it is. <laughs> Bared a son in her, received a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. You know what he's saying? He's saying, Mary, I know you don't understand this, but you can go to your cousin's house, Elizabeth, and you're going to find out she's pregnant. And Mary go, I don't understand that one. Well, yeah, but, but here, Mary, listen to this in verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. <laughs> and so, listen, Mary, so here's, here's what's going to happen. So, so, so she's, she's going to go to Elizabeth's house. She's going to answer the door. And though Mary didn't ask for confirmation from God, or, or any of those things. She doesn't, ask, she doesn't ask for a sign. Look at verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Lord, whatever you want from my life, I don't understand it, but I'm just going to trust you with it. And she's going to Mary, she's gonna go to Zechariah's house. And Elizabeth is this old woman, this well-stricken-in-years woman. She's going to come out and got a little bump there. It's probably eating chocolate-covered dill pickles or something. I don't Something crazy that pregnant women eat. And she's going to, listen, listen to me, she's going to get confirmation. Did you, did you hear that? Oh, God is the God of the impossible. Yeah, you know what else is going to happen? Elizabeth's going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. She's going to start, man, the, the babe's going to leap in her womb for joy. She's going to start rejoicing that ah, the mother of the Lord has come into my house. Two women there sitting there shouting and laughing and cackling like hens. And old Johnson over there going, mm, mm, mm. can't say a word. Can't even interrupt them. And they're just shouting and having joy, confirmation, joy. And then Mary's going to go, my soul doth magnify thee. She's going to praise God. Listen, he said, man, preacher, that's all I know. But let me help you with this. It's not all going to be easy. Because there's a man named Joseph she's going to have to deal with. And he's going to be wondering, has she been unfaithful? How's that going to work out? Guess what? According to Matthew's gospel, God's going to take care of that. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Confirmation. Joy. Is everybody catching this? Confirmation. Joy. uh, Glory unto God. And God providing for her. 
God taking care of her needs. Because here's, watch this, and I wrote this down in my notes too and I underlined it. When God calls you, He will provide for you. Amen. He'll take care of you. And He's going to do that. Because he, but here's the thing. Everything that Zacharias wanted, everything that he wanted, Mary discovers it's found when we humble ourselves and just trust God by faith. Joy, praise, glory to God, confirmation, provision, the blessings, the favor. I gave this testimony last time we were in the Gospel of Luke, and I was talking about when God was dealing with me about coming to Faith Baptist Church, and the, the big word that I was praying for was confirmation. God, I need you to confirm some things. But God began to deal with me about things that He had really already confirmed, and God wasn't looking for me to make an excuse of I need more confirmation. God was waiting on me to have faith. And I humbled myself and said, Lord, whatever you want from me, I'll do it. If you want me to go to Faith Baptist Church in Olathe, I'll do it. And I did it. But do you know that I can stand here after five or half, five and a half years? It's been longer than that, hasn't it? Almost six. Glory, man. It went by. Some of you are like, man, that was a long six years. That was. <laughs> I don't think the six is ever going to get here. I don't know. I can stand here today, though, and tell you that everything that I was seeking God for in that, it came after I took God at His word. I got a lot of confirmation. I'll tell you something that confirmed it to me was watching this church take off like a rocket and grow. Amen. In the last six years, the people that we've seen get saved and added to this church, the families that have grown. Here's another one. How about our faith promise Amen. more than doubling? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Been, been a lot of joy. Amen. At least for me. <laughs> You're like, well, this is, you know. Been a lot of joy for me. Amen. Been a lot of giving God the glory. That's right. Hasn't always been easy either. Been some battles. Been some struggles. Been some freezing pipes on Christmas Day. But he's sure been faithful. And he sure provided. Folks, what I'm trying to get across to you is this. Is that that's, what, that's, what, that's what faith produces. When you just simply take God at his word and humble yourself and come to him by faith, everything that you're longing for is on the other side of that. The ball is not in his court. It's in your court to humble yourself to his word and do what it says. If you need to be saved, guess what? He'll save you right where you're at. If you need to follow him and become part of one of his churches, good deal. He's ready. You need to start living for him in your life. Yep, he's ready. God's calling you to something. He can take care of you. You just need to trust him. Let's all stand this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and before I pray, I'm just, here's what I'm going to say to you. I would say this, that nine times out of ten, most of the time in my life, I'm more like Zacharias than I am Mary. 
But I sure want to get to this place where I'm far more like Mary than I am Zacharias in this scene. And I'd hope that